Amen. Thank you, God. It's not just what you do. It's who you are. Thank you, God, that you are God. You're righteous and you're holy. You are just, but you are also good and you're patient and you're kind. You're merciful. Thank you, God, for being just who you are and loving us. And Lord, I thank you that when you love us as we are, you don't leave us as we are, but you turn us into more like you. And so thank you, God, for your goodness. We love you. We love you. But even better than that, we thank you, God, you love us. And we are just so blessed by your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a day it's already been. We've already baptized one this morning. It's just uh, so fun to see the Lord at work. And uh, how many of y'all in here have uh, children over in children's church? A few, quite a good night. I know a couple of Sundays ago we had 200 kids in children's church. Uh, just, just so you know, many of you here, uh, so I have a, we have a, a, a bird hunting outfit and uh, one of our, our bird dogs got, um, she had puppies by a dog that's not a bird dog. And so we had a lot of extra puppies. And so we wanted to gift you today. We, we just want to bless you. I mean, we just want to bless you. And so uh, we're giving your children Red Bulls and puppies. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has ever done that to you. Uh, by the way, I'm just joking. So uh, if anyone heads out the door, I promise you it was a joke. Uh, if you grab your kid. <laughs> but... Uh, if someone's ever given you a gift that felt more like an obligation, more like a responsibility, um, such as giving you a puppy, uh, all of a sudden, it, 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 you might call it a gift, but now it feels like there's more for me to do. And um, maybe someone uh, is living on a, a minimum wage income, and yet someone gives you a great gift of a a 3,000 square foot house. Also, you know, at the beginning, it sounds awesome until you're trying to insure it, you're trying to maintain it, you're, all the work that's going into that, or, or someone gifts you with a, a used car that needs constant maintenance and upkeep. And, and it was, a, you know, it was a great gift at the beginning, but now it just feels like a responsibility. I think many of us with our salvation feel just like that. It feels just like that. Like, thank you, God, that I now received your salvation. I Thank you, God, that I, I get to go to heaven. But, wow, this is going to require a lot of maintenance up until that time. Uh, I'm going to challenge your thinking on that today. I'm going to ask the Lord that he would open up your understanding to truth because that's not. That's not truth. That is a, a, a checklist Christianity mindset, a list living mindset in which you think, that it, even though his salvation, that was on him, this sanctification, that's on you, guess what? It's not. It's not. It's still on him. I'm going to go to what we looked at last week in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, we're just going to remind us of this passage of Scripture. And uh, so powerful, chapter 2, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, and that word as is in the same way, in like manner, just how you received him, so walk in him. Now, you're going to notice that, that this 
phrase, this two-word phrase, in him, is repeated over and over and over. And it's in Ephesians, it's in Colossians, so many times. And you can just take your pen and just circle, in him, in him, in him, in Christ, in God, in him, over and over again. And can I just let you know that your salvation is not, your sanctification, your living this Christian life is not for him, it's in him. Amen. Because if you now have taken this gift of salvation and have changed it now in your mind from being a recipient of a gift to now you're the constant giver and maintainer of this gift, then this Christian life that you're now living becomes burdensome, becomes difficult, it becomes a, 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 a responsibility, it's now something that you have to maintain. It's not. It's not, if we take on that mentality, then it's no wonder that we try and try and try in our Christian walk to, to do better and to, to, to quit doing those things and to start doing these things. And, and, and pretty soon we just get tired of trying and we just walk away. Well, it was never meant to be that way. There's, there's, this, there's this little voice whispering in your head, oh, look how much he gave you with salvation. What are you going to give back to him? And, and, and I just want you to know that, yes, there is going to be serving of the Lord. But if it is a I got to rather than a I get to, then you got to flip that thing over. You got to get that thing turned around. So I want to look at this past scripture, Colossians chapter two, verse six. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. So last week I, I pointed out sanctification uh, and justification, sanctification, glorification. If you weren't here and you didn't catch all that, you can. Go back on on the uh, on the on the internet, the YouTube, the Facebook. I don't know what you want, but you can find us online. And uh, uh, Christy tells me all the time, "Don't call it the Facebook." It makes you sound like oh, you're old. So afterwards, we're going to go to the WalMarts and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you can find last week's sermon, justification, sanctification, glorification. I was saved. I'm being saved. I will be saved. Yeah. I want you to know that all of those are passive. All of those are I'm receiving rather than active. Active would be I am saving me. No, I am not saving me. He saved me. From the penalty of sin, he is saving me from the power of sin. He will save me from the presence of sin. I am a passive figure in this relationship. So I better get good at receiving. Remember, it's about receiving. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him. In him, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Verse 10, hop down to verse 10. And you are complete in him. Amen. So whatever your feelings are, get your feelings lined up with the facts of God's word. I am complete in Christ Jesus. And so, it, how, well then how do I get there? By faith. Trusting in what he has said rather than what you feel. Amen. Somebody talk to me now. All right. So verse, uh, verse um, 10. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Amen. You are complete in him. So I'm going to read 6, 7, and 10 real quick once more time. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. 
rooted and built up in him. In verse 10, and you are complete in him. Amen. So I know that we want to live for him, but you can't really live for him without living in him. Amen. It should be overflow out of our lives. And so uh, I, want to, I want you to go back to verse 7 with me and let's hang out on a, a phrase here. Rooted and built up in him. All right, I'm going to say this again and I want y'all to say it with me going now. Rooted and built up in him. Y'all did better than the first service, I had to tell you that. <laughs> Rooted and built up in him. Now I want you to look with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. We're going to read verse 17, then we're going back and, and catch all of it. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Sounds pretty similar, don't it? Rooted and built up in him in the previous passage, rooted and grounded in love in this passage. And so today we're going to be talking about the gift that God has given you in his love. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm a, I'm a guy and being a guy, I'm not real comfortable talking about my feelings. And many of you guys could say amen to that. Amen. So, you know, you, being a youth pastor, we used to always have this youth material that we would read this material and it was, it, you know, it was, I'd just rather taught out of the Bible than I should have, but I'd have this material and you'd read that passage of scripture. And then the question would come, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Like, I don't want to talk about how that makes me feel. Why, why do you care how that makes me feel? That, my question is, what am I going to do? Yes. Am I right, men? Yes. Can I get a witness? Yes. Can I get a boom shakalaka? So... <laughs> Can I, can I let you know that is so, so wrong? Can I, what am I to do? Because see, I will replace my action for him instead of receive his action towards me. But the true love relationship that I am, have, am to have with Christ Jesus is that, that his giving to me then flows through me to others. Rather than serving him and I got to, it's now I get to. And it's no longer a, a duty, it's a delight. It's, it's no longer a, a, a job, it's a joy. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we take his gifts and we turn them into responsibilities and obligations. So I want to look at this passage of scripture. Um, verse 17 again, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I, I, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little illustration. We'll come back to that passage of scripture. When we first built this building, we had a, kind of a, a, an idea of what we're going to do over here in this courtyard, the, building, the, the area between these two buildings. And, and uh, now it's just kind of become overflows so that when you leave, you can just go right out these doors. But for years, we have tried to figure out what we're going to do with it. So early on, we decided we were going to make it real pretty. We was going to put a little water fountain in the middle. People going to hang out in the courtyard. We planted some trees. No one has ever hung out in that courtyard. <laughs> Never. But we did plant the trees. And uh, what, we, what we noticed, I think it was maybe a year, maybe two years after uh, we planted those trees, those things just looked pathetic. 
little spindly, tall, lanky little trees. And I'm like, what is, what's going on with these trees? So I, one day I just walked out right on the other side of this door here. One of those trees was planted. And I just reached down and I went, bloop, just pulled it right out of the ground. And I thought, nah, that is not supposed to happen. <laughs> What happened was, is the people that planted the trees, you know, uh, we, we just come together as a work day at the church and, and we got out there at the post, those diggers planted the trees, just pulled it right out of the, the, the little bucket and dropped it right in the hole. And those roots had just continued to turn inward, to turn inward. And they just kind of all knotted up and I just pulled it right out of the ground. I have since learned that's not how you plant a tree. You you cut the roots and get them all broken up so that they'll go into the soil and so that, that thing will continue to grow. It tells us in this scripture that the soil that you need to be rooted in is his love. There will be no fruitfulness if your roots are all wrapped up in you. In fact, you're not going to last very long. First good puff of wind and you're out of here. So if we're all wrapped up in ourselves, there will be no fruitfulness and there will be no longevity in this Christian life. I'm going to start back in verse 14, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. Now we're talking some man stuff. Now they're talking. <laughs> strengthened with might. Through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height, to know the unknowable, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Yeah. How am I supposed to know something that's bigger than my little brain can understand? To know something that passes knowledge. Well, it because, it's because now it has to go beyond intellect right. and, and, and beyond the, the cognitive into the spiritual. Right. He says, I, I'm praying. This is what Paul is praying to the, for the Ephesians. He said, I'm praying that you get it. That you can understand what goes beyond the head. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Don't you want to be filled with all the fullness of God? Yeah. Then you're going to have to be rooted in his love. We're going to have to be rooted in his love. And, and to recognize it's not how much you love him, it's how much he loves you. That's what it's saying. It's not rooted in the love in that, oh, I, I just love him so much. I love him so much. Peter declared, I, I love you, Lord. If everybody else turns their back on you, I won't. I, almost saying I'm better than all of them. But I'm going to stick with you even if I had to die to do it. And of course he didn't. He didn't stick with him. The night that Jesus was crucified, Peter denied him three times. John, on the other hand, is constantly saying, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And John stayed with him. Peter, I love him. I love him. I love him. He denies him three times. And then in the book of John, chapter 21, we have at the end of the book, we see Jesus... Uh, Peter, Peter says, I'm going fishing. It's always a good idea. Always a good idea. <laughs> Except for in Peter's situation. Because in Peter's situation, that was his previous career. And he was just basically going back to his old way of living. And 
Jesus showed up in the middle of his backsliddenness and, uh, and, he, and, he, and he restores Peter. He restores Peter. And he, and he asks him these questions that, that just plague Peter in his heart. And, and he said, Peter, do you love me? Oh, man. You could have asked me something else. Peter had already confessed, I love you. I love you. I love you. Peter, do you love me? Mm. In fact, Jesus used a word for love that it was a godlike love. It's the word agape. It's a no strings attached, godlike love. And Peter, finally being honest with himself, said, I really like you. He used the word phileo, a brotherly love. Peter, do you love me? In fact, the first way he asked it, it's in John 21, if you want to read it on your own sometime. The first way he asked it, Peter, do you love me more than these? Because that's what you said you do. Peter, do you love me more than the rest of them? This, this business of comparison, I, 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 I begin to compare myself to other people, and then that helps me rank how loved I am. Well, I don't, I don't have the gifting that they have, so I must not be loved as much as they are. I, I don't have the blessings that they have. I may not, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just a second-class second saint, not a... You know, so, so we begin doing this stuff that Peter's doing because even in the end of it, uh, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And finally he asks him, do you phileo me? Do you really love me like a brother? Peter said, Lord, you, you, you know, and it said he was broken because he asked him the third time, do you phileo me? Do you love, have brotherly love towards me? He was broken, but I think it's because the third time Peter finally came to reality. I don't love you the way I thought I did. I was all words before, but Jesus restored him anyway and told him, your, your business in the kingdom is not based on your love for me. It's based on my love for you. Now get busy and do it. <laughs> Amen. 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 I was wondering where that was going to fit in the sermon because I received it about five o'clock this morning and it didn't go with my notes. So... <laughs> Rooted and grounded, rooted and built up in his love. So there are things that he has gifted us with that we will turn those giftings around, those gifts around, and make them acts of service towards him. For example, this Bible. This is one of the greatest gifts to a child of God is to have the word of God in his hand. I've I've told this story several times. I'm going to tell it again. There's many of you that's never heard it, and, and it absolutely changed my life. I was, uh, at this particular phase of my life in Christ, I was uh, uh, just kind of a guilt-based preacher. I, I really felt like if I could pressure you into believing you were sinful enough, then you'd stay in a repentant state and continue to walk with the Lord. That don't work, by the way. It didn't work for me. I don't know how I was trying to convince others to do it. And I was going to spend about five days in prayer and fasting in a cabin in the woods. And, I'm, and I went out there and like a dog about to receive his whooping with my tail between my legs. I'm like, okay, Lord, go ahead and lay it on me. And I was there in the, the cabin just on my knees in prayer and uh, living in that self-condemnation. And, and I was trying to just find something in the word, trying to find some scripture where God was speaking to me and, 
And I remember God downloaded in me in just a matter of seconds, uh, just the kind of a story of my life that uh, just shook me. I remember when I was a, a boy, I'm the youngest of five, and all my siblings left home early, early. Uh, and we, we had a lot of work to do on the family farm, and that left me. And Dad worked out of town a lot of times. He was in the uh, uh, electrical construction business, and he would be all over the, the state. And he would leave a list of things for me to do uh, while he was gone. I hated it. I despised his list. In fact, I wouldn't even want to look at the list until I absolutely had to. And then, and then when I knew the week was kind of coming towards an end, I'd go get that list. And I got to do all of these things. And, 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 and I just despised it. In fact, when he would pull in the driveway on Friday night, I'd just go to my bedroom. Didn't even want to see him. I hated his list. But then, and as the Lord was reminding me of all of that in that, that moment of vision that he gave me, he reminded me of a time in which my dad had gone to Israel. He would go spend a month over there by himself doing archaeology work. And, and uh, during his time there, uh, he had sent me a letter. And uh, in that letter... Um, you know, as a boy, you don't get many letters in the mail. And I remember God, uh, mom brought me this letter, and I recognized my dad's writing on the front. And in that letter, it told what dad had been doing there and, and what he was going to be doing, and he had some things for me. But the most important part of that letter was the last two words, and that was, love dad. Now, I'd not ever heard him say that before, and so uh, when I read that letter, I just read it over and over and over again. Dad was saying, basically, I, this is what I've done, and this is what I am doing and going to do, and I have some things for you, but the part that really stuck out, love Dad. As God was downloading all this revelation to me in the moment, he said, Eric, he said, you treat this word like it's a list, and it's actually my letter. He said, you treat this as if I got to do this, I got to do that. I got to do this and I better do it quick because he's coming back soon and, and I'm going to get in trouble if I don't. And uh, he said, actually, it's my letter. I've told you what I've done. I told you what I am doing. I told you what I'm going to do. I've told you the things that I have for you. But most importantly, I've told you that I love you. Yeah. That moment changed my life. That moment at that cabin Moved me from being a guilt preacher to a grace preacher. Because then I recognize that I am a recipient of his love. And that how much he loved me. And, and so I read this, I read this Bible differently. And, and no longer do I read it. And see, I get up each morning and I, and I dig into this word. And it's no longer, well, this will make him happy if I read it. It's not another thing to do. It's not something to be maintained. It is a relationship in which my father is telling me how much he loves me, but also all of the stuff that, that I don't even know about myself. He is bringing it into light, and he is building me up, and he is encouraging me, and he is strengthening me through his word. And it's no longer a got to, it's a get to read the word. Amen? Prayer is the same thing. It's not a, a, a duty. It's not a responsibility. It's not a job. It's a joy. Amen. Church attendance. Church attendance. When we become dry in our faith, it can become a check. I did it. 
That ought to make you happy, God. Check. What if on our refrigerator was a daily to-do list in which I have on there, get up and make Christy coffee. Number two, when she finally gets up, <laughs> which is a lot earlier nowadays, <laughs> uh, tell her you love her. Give Christy a kiss. Give, if, if she were to find that list, how happy would she be? So <laughs> heard some female voices in the house. <laughs> by the way, there's no list. By the way, there's no list. And if, if our Christianity turns into checklist Christianity, read my Bible, pray a prayer, go to church. God, are you happy with me now? Mm. Those things that he gave us as gifts to us, now we think are responsibilities. Like, no, I, I gave you that for you to enjoy. I gave you that, that church attendance. That is a, a time for you to come celebrate the richness of the Christian life with those other Christians who get it with joy. It's not a responsibility. It's not a duty. It's not something to be maintained. It is something to be enjoyed. Amen. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If y'all don't Instagram and Twitter this thing all over the internet, I'm going to be mad at you. If you are not enjoying your Christianity, you're doing it wrong. I'm telling you, that's worth repeating right there. Somebody need to make me a t-shirt. If you, if you are not enjoying your walk with Christ, you are doing it wrong. It should be enjoyed, not endured. Amen. Enjoyed, not endured. We, you know, sometimes different churches take on different... Uh, uh, personas and, and, and there's a mentality of I would rather burn out than rushed out but the truth of the matter is you're out either way and so if you have an activity based salvation if you have an activity based uh, 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 relationship with the Lord then this is a transaction type relationship that if I do this you do that God that's not a love relationship we need to change our mentality, change our understanding of what this relationship is supposed to be and just drop the checklist and fall in love with the Lord again and let everything you do for him just be an expression of love to him. Amen. Amen. So when we turn his gifts into our obligations, it really kills the whole point about, of, of this relationship. When we look at these things that he has given us for our pleasure and for our growth and we turn it into our performance, now we deserve his love. Is that not sickening? Is that not just a little weird and yet we do it? How many of y'all will be honest enough to say, I'm a regifter? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You got something. And you carefully open that gift up, but you did not do anything to the package because you knew, I'm going to return this or I'm going to re-gift this. How many of y'all, you don't have to confess that sin before the church. <laughs> uh, but that's a dangerous practice. If you don't keep good records, <laughs> let's, say, let's say somebody get, put a lot of thought, uh, a, a lot of intent 
and, and, and I, I, know of a, I know of a gift right now, and that I'm not going to uh, say who that I gave this to, but I know of a gift right now that's sitting on a shelf that I gave somebody about 20 years ago, and it's still not out of the cellophane. And now VHS tapes don't even work, so that ain't even no good. But, uh, but can you imagine uh, that that's, you, you have been given a gift and then you repackage that thing only to give it to somebody and say, say, wait a minute, I gave this to you. <laughs> I gave this to you three years ago. It's still in the package. How, how much joy is there to receive that gift back? When what you do know is the thought, the intention, the, the, the energies that you put in that gift, they didn't want it for themselves. They were trying to give it. So here's, here's uh, our, our family, the Graham family, extended family. Uh, we, we would have a, a, an Easter celebration every year. Uh, it was our family reunion. And uh, at the family reunion, if you... If your kid, we had an Easter egg hunt, and, uh, and the kids would go hunt the Easter eggs, and there would be a prize egg in the Easter egg hunt. And if you found that prize egg, there would be this large package gift that you got, and, and the, the egg was a, 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 an ostrich egg. And so our kids found the ostrich egg. Now, this was our first time to do it. Uh, our kids were little guys, and, 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 and probably Caleb found the ostrich egg, the, the prize egg, and, uh, and, and we were all excited. Oh, my goodness, he found the prize egg. What we did not know is that it's now your responsibility to hold that egg for an entire year, and then that next year, you have to buy the big package. My stinking kids found that egg two years in a row. And I said, do not go find that prize egg again. <laughs> uh, sometimes God gifts you with things that now all of a sudden you've turned it into responsibility. It's not ever meant to be that way. We, we, we spend our time in the word and say, Lord, I, I, I'm doing this for you. Aren't you happy that I did this for you? He's like, no, I, see, this was my gift to you. Uh, Lord, I, I'm praying and I, I hope that you're satisfied that I spent some time in prayer. He said, you're missing the whole point of prayer. Prayer is the reward. Prayer is the gift. You should be so enjoying this time in prayer. Lord, I, I hope that you're happy that I went to church today. Lord said the church was the gift that I gave to you. You going yeah, I, I appreciate your worship, but it shouldn't feel like a responsibility. And so I want to ask you, are you good at receiving? Because that's really what it comes back down to. Receiving his love and these little gifts that he's given us. Instead of saying, oh, I, 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 I'm serving you, God. I'm, I hope that you're happy. I'm doing all this for you. He says, you don't understand what relationships are all about, do you? This is, this is a love relationship. You don't earn it. You're not trying to pay back something. Uh, Friday, we had a, a funeral service in here, and, and, uh, and, and a song came to my mind that I learned at 12 years old at Lake Levon Children's Camp, and I was an RA boy myself, 
And we went to Lake Levon, and, and, and they had this song. And uh, I still remember it today. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, all day long. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Amen. Your life for Christ should simply be an overflow of life in Christ. Not trying to pay off a debt. Amen. Because then it feels like responsibility and and hardness. And this checklist Christianity, that's what I call it in the New Testament era that we now live in. In the Old Testament era, it's called the law. And the law was always symbolized with stone. You know what stone is? It's cold and hard and heavy. And try to live by a list of rules is cold, hard, and heavy. It is a pressure upon you. But living by the Spirit of God, that's an empowerment within you. Amen. So may we be spirit led rather than living by the list. Remember, this is his letter, not his list. We're going to take communion together and remind ourselves of the greatest gift he's ever given us. Maybe you're here today and you've never received the gift of salvation. But I pray that you would. I had one right here the whole time. I've been looking at that the whole service. (laughs) He's given you a gift. And the only way that you can be saved is that you receive it. Y'all catch that? It's the only way that you can be saved is to receive the gift of salvation. Maybe you're here today and you don't know what I'm talking about. And. But here's the the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. You were born with a sin nature. You were born with your back turned toward the Lord. The longer you live, it's like a a shining light. And the longer you live, the darker it gets as you're walking away further and further. It's easier to turn as a child. Why 12 years old was so etched in my memory. It was at 12 years old that I first realized God was calling me into ministry. Now, the problem with is that after 12 is 13, and I forgot that calling for several years. <laughs> but but, but uh, I don't remember where I was going with that. Anyway, the, the longer you live, the, the further away you get from the light, and it gets a little darker. But the younger you are, it's kind of easier for the children to, to realize, just trust in the Lord. Jesus said, let your faith be like their faith. But we have that. We're born with that independent, rebellious nature. And And when we finally get to the end of ourselves and realize, I can't do anything with me. I need him. And I turn and look to him. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Jesus died on the cross. That's what this represents. For our salvation, because you could not purchase your own salvation. You could not do enough good deeds to become holy. You're still covered in that old sin. So it required the righteous one, Jesus Christ, to die on your behalf and my behalf. And now you can receive that salvation through faith in him, in his goodness, in his grace. If you have, then this is a reminder. He said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. This is a reminder of you receiving that gift, the gift of salvation. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you gave yourself on our behalf. Father God, I thank you that you gave your son on our behalf. 
Lord, I pray that as we receive this communion, that we are reminded of the high price paid for our salvation and recognize that we are valued by God to a high degree, deeply loved and fully accepted. Thank you, Lord, for your love towards us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, I thank you that you didn't just come and live for us, you came and died for us. There were so many goats and sheep and bulls that were killed on behalf of humanity to try and cover over sin. But you, Lord Jesus, the once and for all sacrifice for all mankind, you gave your lifeblood not to cover over our sins, but to wash them away. Lord, I pray that you would just stir in our spirit right now as we take of this communion, we take of this cup, a reminder that our sins have been forgiven. We've been made new in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God. We love you too. It's in Jesus' name we pray.